Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Welcome to Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I have a seven-and-a-half-year-old second grader named Naomi, who will join us, by the way, at the end of the podcast. She always does the Kids' Corner. So make sure you stick around for that. She's going to talk about gratitude today with it being Thanksgiving week. And I'm really grateful that you're listening. I started Positively Dad earlier this year to be a resource to help us grow as parents, people, and partners. And I think we're doing that. Um, man, this month, we've had more listeners this month than just about any time ever. So I'll just it's, it seems like that we're, we're reaching people and talking to you and you're getting value out of it. So thank you so much. And uh, I believe you're going to get value today as well. We do two podcasts every week. This is our more traditional podcast where I talk to an expert about something that we should think about as dads just to help us be better. And then on Thursdays, I do an episode where I talk to a dad about being a dad. Go back and listen to some of those. We aren't going to do one this week because it's Thanksgiving week, so I don't have one coming out on Thanksgiving. There's a whole bunch, though, of them. There's 22 of those conversations that exist, and it'd be awesome for you to go back and listen. And if you're fairly new to us, a lot of our expert podcasts that come out on Monday are pretty good too, and I'd love for you to hear them. Today, we're going to talk about something that I think is really an interesting conversation for us to think about, and that is just understanding our children's emotions and how our emotions um, overlap with those. And, you know, people raising children in this generation have a little bit different look at parenting and what our job is as parents and how we connect with our kids than, than previous generations did. And that's, that's not a, uh, any sort of dig at any other generations. It's just that the role of parenting and especially fatherhood has changed. Our debut podcast was on that. And, um, and an area that we look at this is how are we raising our kids and connecting with them emotionally? And I know this has happened to you where you've had a bad day, things haven't been great or whatever for, for some reason, and your kid comes to you and you just can't handle it that day. And, um, you know, you get on them. You, you, you might yell at them or snap. And, um, or they're responding in an emotional way that you don't appreciate or, or value or think is appropriate. Maybe they're crying about something and, and you say, you know, you need to calm down or you need to relax and stuff like that. Is that truly the best way to connect with our kids? And, uh, well, maybe not. And I found out about a book called Permission to Feel. It's by Dr. Mark Brackett. And he wrote this book really for teachers and educators to help them understand how to connect with kids at a better level. And truth is, we could do it too. And so I reached out to him. He said, yes, he would be on the podcast. And and I'm excited to have him to really look at how we can connect emotionally with our kids. He is a um, he is the founding director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, and he's a professor at the Child Study Center at Yale University. So you are about to get educated today. And he's going to jump in and teach us about emotional intelligence for kids and us and how we can truly engage with them and, and have a valuable relationship emotionally with them and help them grow up to be great people who have great emotional intelligence. So let's jump in and have the conversation. Dr. Brackett, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. My pleasure. Thank you. Your book is so good, and um, and I've learned a lot from it. So I think that you know it's a good one for parents to pick up. Even though I think you're you know you're basically talking to educators here, and yet a good one for parents to to pick up as well. Uh, Permission to feel is the book, and um, and there's just a lot of stuff I think we can learn about 
how our kids act to behave and what their kind of emotional intelligence is, right? That's correct. That's the goal of my book is really to really elevate, you know, the value and importance of children's emotion lives and uh, the emotional lives of the adults who are raising and teaching them. Yeah. And the way that, you know, I feel like, and I'm a parent of a second grader. And so, you know, I look at how my wife and I raise her compared to how my parents raised me. And then even more specifically, how my grandparents raised my parents. I feel like there's been a shift over the last couple of generations on, you know, the way that we treat kids and, and just their behavior in general. Have you, have you noticed that in your research? Well, um, you know, I think it's a really complicated question, right, or comment that you're making, which is, you know, so much of the way we treat kids, you know, it comes from just historically how we view kids. Um, are they, you know, are they little people who we throw information into? You know, are they little people who we help to discover who they are, you know, to flourish? And um, so there are certain camps, right, that, you know, certain parents who, um, are scientists with their kids, and there's certain parents who are more judges with their kids. And anyway, we can talk through that. It'd be fun. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. So you said we've got parents who you said are scientists and parents who are judges. So what's the difference? Well, the emotion scientist parent is someone who's curious about feelings, someone who is open to the full range of feelings, Someone who, when they notice their child's temperament may not be the one that matches theirs, ideally, doesn't start saying, oh, no, I've got the troubled kid, or I've got the colicky kid, or I've got the overreactive kid. They're saying to themselves, All right, what do I need to do to support my child's healthy development? Um, when their child fails, for example, at dealing with their emotions or has a tantrum or doesn't regulate well, they think, all right, what strategies can I teach my child to be better at dealing with their feelings. Whereas the emotion judge parent is, oh no, this is my kid. This is a fixed kind of mindset, meaning that there's nothing I can do about it. Emotions don't really matter. Um, And um, I'm gonna ignore that information uh, in terms of how I develop my child. So big differences between the two. Uh, Clearly, and I feel like, you know, I guess for me, I'd look at it and go, well, I'd prefer to be a a scientist parent where I'm going to be curious and help them because that's kind of my role as a dad. Um, Do you find that do you find that one model is better than another? Well, what we find, unfortunately, is that people are grossly unself-aware about whether whether or not they're a scientist or a judge. Okay. Um, Not that you are. I'm not joking. I'm just kidding. But um, truthfully, we find that people think, oh, yes, you know, I'm an emotion scientist as a parent. And then we observe their behavior or we find out what they do, you know, and they don't realize that a lot of the behaviors. Um, so, for example, when a child comes screaming, yelling, why, you know, why are you so angry? Well, you don't know if I'm angry or not. That happened to me as a child. So I had terrible bullying in my childhood mm-hmm. and I hated school and I would come home, I hate you. I'm not going to school tomorrow. And my mother would get activated by that. Um, who do you think you are talking to me that way? And then I get sent to my room and then my father would come home and be a whole thing. Right. And what they never really did was pause, took a breath, you know, ask themselves, is my child's behavior an indicator of something else? Like maybe 
his feelings of shame uh, or fear, which is what I was experiencing each day. Right. But unfortunately, many parents get so activated by their kids' behavior um, that they go into the fight or flight mode as opposed to the emotion scientist mode. Okay, well then put me in the group of the judge parent because uh, you know, this is where I think that, that you've, you've really, well, you've woken me up and I think you'll wake up other parents. Our intention is to be curious. In the moment, we aren't curious. I mean, that's probably pretty common. It's very common. Well, then what tip would you give? Because, you know, you talk a lot about the value of allowing kids to have emotion and to understand it. So what tip would you give to me as a dad or the other dads listening to in that moment when they, you know, when they're behaving in a way that you don't, you know, you don't enjoy, you don't approve of, how can we stop for a minute, hit that pause button and become curious? Well, you just said it, actually. I mean, the first thing is that when we are um, with a child who is activating us, right, whether it be yelling or screaming or having a tantrum, right, we've got to take that breath. Instead of going to our automatic, habitual, reactionary self, right, we've got to become the automatic, habitual, pause self. And so just taking that breath and recognizing that I have to be the role model. And in that role model self, you can say, right, what are the things that I can say? What are the things that I can do to demonstrate that, A, I can handle this, and B, I can support my child in dealing with their feelings? And that's hard work. And, you know, we don't practice that um, because our nation's education system and our family systems don't really provide an adequate education in, you know, parental self-regulation you know, parental role modeling of effective emotion management. Mm -hmm. But that's the first step is, you know, not going with your automatic reaction, which is if you're triggered, it's like self-protection, right? It's like, who do you think you are? And, or whatever it might be, or get out of my face, or go to your room, or who do you, you know, whatever it might be. Right. You've got to take the breath. You've got to step back and manage it effectively. Well, I, I guess that's really important because, we're probably teaching our kids how to behave through how we behave, right? They're watching us, they're paying attention to us. And so if we're going to have kids who understand and can deal with the emotions that they feel throughout the day, we've got to be able to do the same thing, right? Well, they have to learn it somewhere, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if our parents aren't the role models, then maybe our teachers are, maybe our coaches are, but honestly, right? Parents are the first um, teacher for their children. Mm -hmm. But there are other steps, too. The other is, do you know the strategies? You know, I didn't really learn what emotion regulation was until I was in graduate school. My goodness. Yeah, and well, what is so it? What are the, so it is the, the thoughts and the actions that we use to reduce unwanted emotions and even create the emotions that we think are the most useful. So the big ones are obviously taking a breath. That just helps us deactivate, you know, when we're feeling triggered. But then there are other things. Like maybe you just need to say, honey, honey, you know what? Daddy had a really hard day. I need a minute to myself. And just be open and honest. Just say, I've had a rough day. I need a minute. You know, I'm really overwhelmed. I had, a, you know, things didn't go as well as I wanted to at work. And I just need a few minutes to get myself together. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with admitting that you need some space? Well, you're teaching then, them the same thing, that if they need space, they can ask for it too. Exactly. And then the question is, all right, so then 
you have to engage in that self-talk strategy. All right, so Mark, as the ideal dad, as the ideal parent, how would I respond to this? Would I be the judge and just say, get to your room? Or would I say, wait a minute, as a father, I have to provide unconditional love and support to my child. So through that lens, how can I, A, calm myself down, and B, what are the questions that I might ask my child to gather more information so that I can support them in labeling their feeling and also managing it effectively? Wow, that's a lot. I mean, we're, we're retraining ourselves how to parent. We are. And that's why I say all parents need to become emotion scientists because if you don't know really what specifically your child is feeling, it's going to be really hard to help them manage their emotions. Mm-hmm. So by way of example, when I was a kid, I was uh, being bullied quite a bit. But my father was a tough guy from the Bronx. So mm-hmm. his strategy was, son, you've got to toughen up. Right. His, question, his emotion judge, right? He didn't come in and say, you know, my son is more sensitive than I am. My son needs more strategies than I did. He just tried to make me a tough guy. Now, I have a fifth-degree black belt today. I'm still not a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can protect myself, but I'm a sensitive human being, and I'm easily activated. I have a lot of empathy. Um, so you can't make someone into a tough guy when they're not a tough guy, whatever that means anyway. Right. Um, is, and also it's interesting. I meet fathers all the time who, when I give my parenting presentations, they say things like, oh my goodness, you share so much about your own anxiety and your own childhood trauma. Like I would never, ever let my child know that I was bullied as a kid. And I say, but think about that for a minute. Imagine your child is being bullied. And that somehow you're sending messages that you don't want to hear it or that you don't think that they're tough enough. How do you think that's going to impact your child's development? So I'm very provocative with parents because right, what matters is healthy development. And we know that children who experience strong negative feelings for too long are not going to have right, a happy adulthood. Right. Well, we're laying the foundation for that as kids. And I, and I'm, as I'm hearing you tell the story, I go, you know, what you said is your dad's this tough guy from the Bronx. And I go, well, is this a generational thing? Or do we still, as parents today, treat our sons one way and our daughters another? Because I'm curious if, if, and I don't know if you had a sister, if you have a sister or had one, if your dad would say the same thing to her as he said to you. So there are gender differences in the way parents, both moms and dads, talk to their children, right? Parents use more emotion language with their, with their girls than their boys. Um, parents um, will spend more time problem solving um, with girls than with boys. So that's, that's where the scientist, again, comes out. And the parents will say, am I treating my children differently based on their gender? Am I biased in that all boys should be tough guys? and all girls should be, you know, sweet and nice. It's, it's just so important to be, to step back and evaluate, right, how you are interacting with your child and what is the language that you're using because you are shaping their development. 
Right. And everyone has emotions and it's okay to express them and understand them. And I guess if you can't express them properly, then that's when things can get really tough and bad. Well, that's what happened with me. Um, So the reason why my book is called Permission to Feel is because I didn't feel as a child that I had that permission. So given my abuse situation, given my bullying situation, I was silenced for so much of my early life. And I was having all these strong feelings of self-hatred, anger, fear, shame. But yet I had nowhere to go with it because my parents, while they loved me dearly, my mom was very anxious. So she'd say things like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I would realize that every time I would share something that was going wrong with me, my mother would have a breakdown. And then my father would just say, son, you got to toughen up. You got to toughen up. And so what does that teach you as a kid? It teaches you, guess what? Don't Don't share your feelings. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't tell anybody, the feelings have to go somewhere. And for me, they went into a lot of self-hatred. They went into an eating disorder as a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to go somewhere. And, you know, our goal as parents should be to provide Right, that adequate emotion education for our kids so they can build and maintain good relationships, so they can have well-being, and they can achieve their goals. Yeah, and you're, I appreciate your vulnerability in the book to share. It opened my eyes, and, and so I'm, I'm curious about what questions should we be asking to find out what our kids are feeling and what their emotions are like so that we can help them grow. So that's why in my book I talk about the ruler skills. And there are these five emotional intelligence skills that I really go through deeply. Recognizing emotions, understanding emotions, labeling emotions, expressing emotions, and regulating emotions. And they work together. So the first is, am I even paying attention to my kids' feelings? Or am I ignoring that information? Am I looking at my child's facial expressions and body language? And am I listening to their vocal tones? And am I seeing that as information? Now, the problem is that we can't judge a book by its cover. Because sometimes we look like we're sad or angry, but we're feeling something else. That's where the understanding of emotion comes in. Tell me more. What happened? Do I know the difference as a parent between the emotions of anger and disappointment? Where disappointment is about unmet expectations. Where anger is about injustice. So when I'm asking my child what happened, am I listening for those themes? Am I listening specifically? Is my child just upset because they had expectations that weren't met? Or did something happen that was unfair or an injustice? And the reason why that's important is because that guides you to labeling the emotion as either disappointment or anger. And then the question is, how am I going to get my child to express what happened? And then importantly, what are my strategies Um, that I can use to support my child in managing that emotion. And so the questions are all around these ruler skills, right? What happened? What might have caused you to have this feeling? Let's think together about what feeling that might be. You know, share some more or let's think together. What do you need right now, honey? Let's think about some, some ways that we can think about our emotions. Let me give you one example. It's my favorite from recently. Yeah. Yeah. So a parent, um, I was doing a, a training for families, and a mom came up to me after having read my book, learning about positive self-talk as a strategy. 
it sounds simple, you know. Um, but so here it is. They're in the car. She's with her five-year-old son, six-year-old, I think. And they're going to the dentist's office. And the kid is like, Mommy, I'm afraid of the dentist. I'm scared. I don't want to go. And the mother was like, what can I say to my kid? And she goes, I understand, honey. But imagine your best friend, Johnny, if he were going to the dentist right now and he were really anxious and worried. What would you, what would you say to him if he was scared? Oh, I would tell him, don't worry, it's going to be okay. You can get through it. And so he was able to come up with the strategies that he would use to help a friend. And then his mom said, well, honey, maybe you could say those things to yourself. And then the little boy said to his mom, he said, mom, you're a genius. <laughs> and I just think how, you know, that's an example, right, of, being an emotion scientist. Let me think, yeah. you know, okay, let me get my child to think about what he might do to support another child and then ask them to think about how they could use that for themselves. So that's the work that we do. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, it's so helpful. The, the words that we say and, you know, are really going to impact our feelings, how we feel. And so, and that example for, that young kid to come up with the words himself, I imagine the emotion changed almost instantly. It did. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, sometimes it's just getting the child to label it. Sometimes it's getting them to think about like how they would help a friend deal with the feeling and then applying that to themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes it's just accepting the fact that yes, it's okay to be sad right now. Our doggy died and we're not going to try to not feel sad. We're just going to have strong, positive memories of our of our of our dog and it's okay but so much of our world is about fixing feelings as opposed to allowing people to experience feelings so i imagine that there's a long-term impact for this as well uh, that is you know early on in life if you can help your child be comfortable in expressing feelings and understanding feelings that as they get older you know uh, middle school, high school, and then as, as adults, there's got to be long-term payoff for this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, the research shows that. So, specifically, children with more developed emotional intelligence tend to have less anxiety. They tend to have less depression. <clears throat> they tend to have good relationships with people. They know how to build and maintain relationships. Um, they're better at persevering, you know, through difficult times. Um, and the list goes on, better academic achievement. Um, because when you think about life, yes, of course, we all want our children to develop academic skills, to understand mathematics and, you know, science and history. But life is filled with emotion from preschool to high school to college and beyond. And unless we have the strategy to deal with our frustration, you know, when we're trying to be creative and we get disappointed in our progress, when we get harsh feedback from peers or teachers, when things just don't work out, and unless we teach our children on how to understand those feelings and manage them, oftentimes the brightest among us don't achieve our dreams. Yeah. I had um, Phyllis Fagel on a while back who wrote a book called Middle Schools, and she said something to me that, you know, middle school 
is much less about academics and much more about just social interaction and emotion. And I feel like I'm mm-hmm. hearing you say the same thing, that we've got to learn this, um, how to interact and behave with others through our emotions and socially. So here's my question. You know, I'm, the, most of the conversation I've had with you has been from my mindset of a parent of a grader, which is pretty mm-hmm. different than the parent of a seventh grader or a high schooler. So what mm-hmm. would you say to a parent who's got a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, and this is not something they got to tackle early on, and they recognize, though, that there's some opportunity to get better? What advice would you give them? So I would say, first, adopt an emotion scientist mindset, right? Just believe in your heart of hearts, right, that emotions matter, and that Become a curious explorer of feelings as opposed to a harsh judge of feelings, both of your own as the parent and of your children. The second is I would say that these are skills that you have to work on yourself. Like get and work harder at building your emotion vocabulary. Like understand the differences between anger and disappointment and fear and anxiety, as well as the happy feelings like joy, and elation or contentment or serenity. Like just build your emotion vocabulary. The other piece is you have to build your repertoire for healthy emotion regulation. It starts with getting enough sleep, eating healthy and exercising. It starts with knowing that your automatic strategy after you've been triggered is to just take that breath. And then it really works toward your self-talk. So I ask parents, what are you saying to yourself when you make mistakes in front of your child? What are you saying to yourself when you're stressed and overwhelmed and frightened? And what are they hearing from you? And if it's like, I hate myself, I'm a loser, or this is bullshit, oh, sorry for that. Um, You know, whatever it might be, um, recognize that your children are listening and they're learning um, from you. And also, what you say to them, like, I can't believe how many parents you know, tell their children about, oh, you look terrible in that. Or, Mm. you know, how could you dress like that? And all of a sudden, their children are starting to adopt a very negative self-view based on what the parents have said to them. So it's like, as adults, we have to really monitor the words that are coming out of our mouth and are we providing our children with ways of talking to themselves in a positive or negative way. Our words matter. Their words matter. And, yeah. But really specifically, what I'm saying is they, they matter around this area of self-regulation, right? They matter in terms of what is the dialogue that's in our household about how we deal with feelings? Is it get over it? Is it, you know, who cares? Or is it, let's talk about it? Is it, this is temporary? You know, we all get stressed out sometimes. Let's just go for a walk. Let's just take a breath. Let's just and, you know, distract ourselves for a little bit. Let's, you know, um, take the morning and go for a hike or whatever it might be. Is it, are you demonstrating as a parent that you have the strategies and that you use the strategies and that you're helping your children develop them? That's awesome. So as we wrap up, I'm just curious, if you were sitting down with a dad and you wanted this dad to know the most important thing that they need to know when it comes to emotions and their kids and being a parent, what would you tell them? 
I would say don't let your own childhood experiences interfere, right? So if I adopted the mindset that my parents had, which was don't tell me I'll have a nervous breakdown or be a tough guy, how would I be an effective parent? How would I be an effective colleague, friend? Um, it's really to strive to be that curious, open emotion scientist and not the harsh judge. Yeah, that's my takeaway because I thought I was one and in about two minutes you convinced me that I'm the other. So thank you for educating <laughs> me. Uh, send me the bill and uh, I'll pay you for that. That is awesome. There you go. Um, tell people where they can find you and how they can find the book. Thank you. So I think the easiest way is obviously you can find the book on Amazon or any other uh, bookstore. Uh, but my website is just www.mark with a C, bracket, B-R-A-C-K-E-T-T dot com. So it's markbracket.com. And from there, you can look at information about the book. You can even join my blog, which is called The Emotion Scientist. Um, and you can learn more about the Center for Emotional Intelligence and our school-based programming. Fantastic. Well, the book is Permission to Feel. It's really good. I learned a lot, and then I got educated again. Dr. Brackett, thanks so much for joining us. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. So good. Go out and get the book Permission to Feel. And, and the things to think about, we're the role model. They're watching us, and we've got to decide, are we going to be a scientist and be interested and curious about what they're experiencing? Or are we going to be a judge and and just immediately based on their emotion make a decision about whether or not it's right or wrong and why they why should they feel that way or not and uh, what are we going to do? I thought I was a scientist when he talked about it. I listened and went, okay, maybe I'm both. Right? There's times I'm curious and there's times I'm just over it. And he said, be curious, slow down, take a breath, and ask the question: What can I say or do to handle this and support my child? How can I respond in a way that helps them? If you need space or time to think or respond or relax, then ask for it. And then he asked this question, how would the ideal parent respond? So when you get in one of those situations, just pause. How would the ideal parent respond to this? And am I being the ideal parent in this moment? Become an emotion scientist and really help Learn and understand what they're feeling, and you can do that by paying attention. And this is not about judgment. We are all going to have those times that we do become the judge. And this is not about judgment upon you. I firmly believe that we're all doing the best we can in the moment. And, and when we become curious about how we're behaving or responding to things is when we can get better. And you've chosen to listen to this podcast because you desire, desire to be to grow and be better as a partner or people or a person. And this is one way to do that. So... Great stuff from Dr. Brackett. I'm so thankful he was on the show. Hey, let's wrap up the way we wrap up every episode of Positively Dad, and that is a trip to the Kids' Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, my name is Naomi Shaw, and today we'll be talking about gratitude. Gratitude is, is being thankful, like on Christmas you're thankful, anything or anywhere you're thankful thankful i am thankful that i am on this and you guys you awesome people can listen gratitude um it's basically anything you can be thankful for your family you can be thankful for anything that's it for Army's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. It's true. You can be grateful for anything. And I'm grateful for you for listening to the podcast. In fact, if you would 
Would you rate us and review us wherever you're listening? Just uh, five stars would be great. Write a review too. That would be awesome so people know about it. Share this episode with people if you think they would get value out of it as well. And finally, we'd like to connect with you wherever you are. On social media, we're at Positively Dad, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to connect with you there. And we'd love to hear from you too. If you know somebody who might be a great guest to be on the podcast or maybe you're interested in being on, you want to do one of our dad talks or something like that, let me know, james at positivelydad.com, and we'll schedule a time and have you on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.